0: So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens.
1: Well, the Browns are not hiding their agenda for this weekend, Bobby. Let me tell you, they are coming after Lamar Jackson.
0: They certainly are. Cleveland's defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, said he's, quote, bringing the fight to Lamar and wants to hit him like he's a running back. Meanwhile, offensive coordinator for Baltimore, Todd Munkin, talked about what can be done to counteract the Browns' aggressive attack.
1: Let's hope they get it done. I am Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Friday, September 29th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault brought to you by this episode's small business Patreon title sponsor, s Laundry Services. Visit cleanmylaundry.com to learn more.
0: So, Sarah, the injury report is in, and we got more good news with some players returning, but wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. posted a cryptic message on Instagram that we're going to try and decipher.
1: Plus, let me just tell you, our guy Bobby here, he's got a bone to pick with the Browns reporter and how this reporter represented uh, to Cleveland fans what Roquan Smith said at podium on Wednesday.
0: You think I'm running hot or did I get sunburn on the golf course today? You'll find out in a couple minutes. We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Partner, what did you make of Jim Schwartz' comments on Lamar? Oh, oh, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Why some, I got, I was thinking about your face and you talk about the suntan and all that, and I totally got distracted about our lead. Spoiler okay.
0: Alert. Spoiler yes. alert. I got yeah. burnt to the crisp and it was an overcast day in Baltimore, which shows you how white I am. Continue. Oh no, that's, that's, <laughs> that's
1: the, that's a rookie mistake right there. You should know better. I have a fair skinned husband. He he has the same problem. Okay. Anyway, yeah I, t- I listened to uh, the Browns um, pressers on Thursday they had their coordinators up just like the Ravens did and Jim Schwartz former head coach obviously um, has his defense uh, looking good through three weeks of the season but he um, he was asked about his strategy with Lamar Jackson this week and you know they were kind of like how do you be careful not to like because they're obviously a very aggressive defense. And like, and how do you be careful? And he's like, no, 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 we can't be too careful with Lamar. And instead says that this is their strategy.
2: We've talked a lot about the aggressiveness
0: of your defense. How much did you balance the aggressiveness with, you know, obviously discipline when you're dealing with a guy like Lamar?
2: Um, well, I mean, speed, effort, um, you know, those kind of things um, we're going to go. I mean, I think you can err on the other side of Lamar Jackson. You know, if you sit there and shoo the chickens, as we say, um, you're not going to get them either. You know, so we're going to rely on our team speed. We're going to rely on team defense. We're going to rely on running through with leverage and, um, you know, try to take the fight to him as opposed to sitting back and, you know, trying to hem him in.
1: Oh, take the fight to him, Bobby. Take the fight to him. Uh, I'll get your reaction here in just a second. Um, Just want to do one follow-up question with him, and then we'll react to it all. Uh, But, you know, that's not abnormal. I'll just say that. That's usually, you know, defensive coordinators want to come for Lamar. All right, so then the reporter asked, well, once you do get to Lamar, how do you coach your players to actually bring them down, kind of not let them slip through your hands? And he had this to say:
0: Breaking down Lamar, and you see, he's shaking off two and three tacklers. Looks like he's wrapped up, but he's not wrapped up. What are you telling your 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 players uh, about those situations,
3: and why is he such a difficult player to break down? Well,
2: because he's uh, one of the best athletes in the NFL, and he just happens to play the quarterback position. So, um, you know, if we saw running backs doing that, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't bat an eye. Um, you know, we got to tackle him like he's a running back. Tackle him like he's a wide receiver. Just because the ball's in his hand doesn't mean that he's still not a you know a threat to run. So, um, you know, I think that that probably um, that probably has a lot to do with it. And um, you know, we're going to try to be physical. You know, if he does run, we're going to try to play our game and um, you know put some hits on him and you know those kind of things. But You know, you got to tackle him like he's a running back. And, um, you know, if you you half step, if you play too cautious, or, you know, a guy like that, if he pumps you off your feet, you know, we're not playing good defense if you see guys leave their feet on the quarterback, right? Because he's just going to pull it and he's going to fly past and he's going to make a big play. So we got to stay on our feet. We got to tackle through his midsection and we got to get him on the ground like he's a running back.
1: They're coming Bobby, they're coming in. I don't know why this fires me up. Like this is a uh, obviously he said nothing, you know, disrespectful or anything like that, but oh, I I just want I, I know he's coming with Miles Garrett. He's going to be coming with Darius Smith. He's going to be coming with those linebackers. I know what he's doing. Lots of defensive quarters like like to blitz. The Ravens can counteract that with First of all, a great running game. I, I, I really think this is a game where the Ravens should just pound it. We'll get to the injury report because I think they're going to have the horses to do it. They got to get the ball out quick. And I want Lamar and the Ravens and Munkin to set the tone early. Do not let them set that tone early because if you don't have a running game, then those guys can pin their ears back. The other thing is... I mean, I want Zay to take you to the house on like a quick slant or something just to like make them, you know, feel like they can't be coming after Lamar. And if they do overplay their hand, let's watch Lamar take off. But I don't know why I'm so fired up, but when I listen to somebody's strategy to come after him and then say he wants to lay hits on him like a running back, I'm like, let's go offensive line and let's set the tone because I'm I'm ticked off. I'm ready to play. I want it to be Sunday.
0: I love it. The competitive fire. That's your guy out there. That's all of our guy. Yeah. And, it's my you're, guy. Right. you're right. Jim Schwartz didn't, cer- he certainly stayed within bounds and everything. And he's done a phenomenal job, obviously, for Cleveland. And I think one thing that I thought about coming off our game preview episode with Zach Jackson, Browns reporter this week, was how well Cleveland has pay- played Lamar in the past. And some of the times, some of the things that you just heard there from Jim in terms of the angles and coming in without hesitation, things that make you look dumb, (laughs) like things that you end up on a highlight reel when you're dealing with Lamar Jackson. Cleveland has done that pretty well in the past, and they have the defensive front to to contain him, but we know that Lamar is going to get his... He's going to get his one way or another, and so I think it sets up for a really compelling matchup. We'll get, like I said... And like you said, the injury report's going to be coming here in just a minute or so. But uh, what what a great challenge! And for Lamar, you know, can you continue to cover every blade of grass and actually stretch it out more than you did a week ago? Now he's just operating under Todd Munkin's system and and the way that his strategy is. And they didn't; they were pretty conservative, whether that was weather conditions or not. In week three against the Colts, we both want to see Zay much more involved from a vertical standpoint, and we want to see that the secondary, assuming that the Ravens' offensive line can protect them, we want to see that the Browns' secondary be tested for sure. I
1: think I think it got concerted down the stretch, but I don't think early. They def- definitely hit the vertical plays, and we're going to get to Zay's routes because I do think there's some misconception on how he was used on Sunday. But, but uh, overall, we'll get to that.
0: Outside of Zay, he- too. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 no, no, Uh, yeah, so let's, let's get into this because you're, I think, I think the issue is consistency and obviously that's, that's going to be an issue three weeks in the season under a new offense, especially with all the injuries they have. I think they have it within them and actually Munkin said that, but before I get to, to that part. Uh, Munken was asked, because Jim Schwartz talked first today, so reporters asked Munkin about countering this aggressive defense, and he responded with, quote, well, first off, their goal is they're trying to make every quarterback uncomfortable like every defense is. The idea is if you make the quarterback uncomfortable, then it's d- difficult for them to operate, so I understand that part of it. Our job is to try and make it where he's not uncomfortable. It's really Actually, pretty simple. In football, they're trying to make your quarterback uncomfortable. We're trying to make him really comfortable, and then we'll see. That's really the chess match there. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Then he goes, and we have really good players. They have really good players. So let's go. Whoo! Yeah, I yeah.
0: love it. Let's I wonder go. why you're I love up. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go. All right. Next thing is what I was just saying is is Munkin talking about just, you know, the not great day in uh with the Colts and what he can do to get this offense going again.
2: All the above. Um you don't wanna overreact, but you don't wanna just scrub it under the rug because it was just a week ago we went to the Bengals and played really really well and functioned at a really high level on the road so we have it in us so how do we carry that week to week how do we um, install it game plan it the right way so our guys understand what to expect and when uh, we get there or we get those opportunities we have a chance to, to execute at a high level that that's really what it is
0: really like the way that Todd handled the press conference because it's almost like he takes attention away from the players holds himself accountable says that there was a little bit too much drag it's on him right he wears it and any good coach goes to bat for his players his or her players and i just thought you saw that from Todd today you know like he he went up there he held himself accountable hasn't been good enough hasn't had all of his horses out there as we know we'll get to the injury report in just a minute but but that's a leader to me, and and he knows that this is a work in progress. To use one of his phrases, and and something that's going to require patience, especially when you don't have your ones out there running with Lamar.
1: Yeah, and then he was also asked Bobby about ball security. The the question was phrased like, "Have you have you talked with Lamar about it?" He said, "Sure." He's like, "But I've talked about our whole team about it," and he said it's been a big point of emphasis. Uh, and he said that opposing coaches are showing film to their players, like, "Look, their ball, the ball's getting out," and so that starts to, you know, make them kind of pin their ears back a little yeah. bit, so they don't want to be known as a team where it's like, "Yeah, uh, let's let's go and just try to knock the ball out." So, um, yeah, good stuff I thought from Monken today. He always does that. He always wears it, uh, which is the right thing to say when he keep if he keeps saying it, which he should because he's always going to go to bat for his players. People are going to have, you know, short, short, uh, uh, you know, patience, you know. And we were talking about this offline. It's bananas to me how, like, week two, fans are, like, like, feeling so good, beat the Bengals, this and that. And week three, people are, like, literally falling apart. Not all fans. But, like, just falling apart as if everybody needs to be fired again, and yada, yada, yada. it's like, come on, we are three weeks into this thing. give it, give it some time. There's like no, no patience. on there some, like some fans, yeah,
0: this is Todd's system, which comes with, okay, maybe there's similar concepts, and not everybody's been only in Baltimore the last five years, like Lamar has learning the Greg Roman concepts, and I guess his rookie year with Marty, but like. You have different guys that are learning in Sam Mustafer's case, like completely different terminology and having to develop cadence right away with somebody he wasn't running with all summer long in Lamar. Right? He was running with Tyler Huntley and who else was here? Anthony Brown? I guess Josh Josh Johnson Johnson. didn't come in until late in the summer, right? But like that that stuff takes time and reps. And so all of a sudden you're learning that on the fly middle in the middle of the regular season with meaningful snaps and games, it's just going to take some time. And for them to be two and one, like a, we talked about in the post game show, there's a lot of other markets that you cannot have such a positive conversation that we can after a loss because of where they are right now through three weeks. So
1: one last thing, just from the Ravens pressers, and then we'll move to the injury report. This is on the other side of the ball. Um, Mike McDonald was asked about Kevin Van Noah or, yeah, Kyle Van Noy. Sorry, uh, that's my boy. How do see? I listen. I get my own kids' names wrong. It's my own BYU guy. It's it's just how I clearly roll. Anyway, hey, your
0: nephew like that, amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I really liked what he said about Kyle.
3: Um, well, I can tell you this: he's an impressive guy. I mean, from the day that he we came in to uh, to visit and just getting to know him and talk to him about ball, and he's already got third down thoughts and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but it seems like he's been in this defense for, you know, however long. But it's, a, it's an impressive, similar to like when Roquan showed up, you're just like, okay, this, this dude, he knows his stuff. So he's an impressive guy all the way around, obviously a great football player um, from what we've seen already on the practice field, and, you know, it has got a great track record. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out over the course of the rest of the week, but I uh, feel really great about him.
0: Do you feel great enough to have him log every single snap on Sunday? <laughs> Yep.
1: Maybe not every single, but <laughs> I don't know. I bet he'll be out there for like, what, 75% of them? I don't Wait know. Until you
0: guys see the injury report.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be out there. But listen, hey, there's not a bad thing to be compared to Roquan Smith, the way Roquan just kind of, you know, strolled up into the Ravens defense and acted like he had been controlling it for years. So I love the fact that he's like, already, hey, Mac, hey, 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 let's, let's check out this on third down. I, I've been here for a day, but. Just listen to my third down ideas. I mean, he's a vet. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. John Harbaugh, who's very hard to impress when it comes to being in shape, as we know with his conditioning test, he's already said he's in shape. He's looking good. So when you put together that he's in shape, Mike feeling like he already knows what he's doing and he's impressive, and you don't have outside linebackers, he's he's playing a lot. He's going to get a lot of snaps.
0: Oh, yeah. Should we get to this injury report? Let's do it. All right, so here's the way things are looking as of Thursday evening. Rashad Bateman, a couple. DMPs. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait! You can't come about it that way. Come How with so? the good news first. Say who? Say who returned? Let's start
0: with that. I'll let you <laughs> handle it. i Now I'm look, Now I'm being looked at as Mr. Pessimistic here. So you no. take it. No, no, no. no. You, take it. you are not Mr.
1: Pessimistic. That is not you. You were just going through the list. It's all good. I, I just wanted to say Kyle Hamilton returned. Okay, after missing last week. And uh, Justice Hill returned with that toe. So both were limited. But then the third, but they're back. I think they're trending towards playing. And then Marcus Williams went from uh, limited when he shocked us yesterday that he came back at all. And now he's full. This is bananas. Okay, sorry. Now we can go through. The th- I just wanted to start with the headliners
0: there, Bobby. I like it. No, I'm glad you thank you for interjecting. Because like Justice was seen on that side field earlier in the week. So it looks like. Yep. He's trending in the right direction. Then you could be looking at a, a backfield that's significantly rejuvenated, all things considered, with Gus being a full participant Wednesday and Thursday. So if he and Justice are back, now you don't necessarily have to call up two guys from your practice squad, right? You can choose between Kenny and Drake and Melvin Gordon. So we'll see who gets the call there. Melvin's been with the organization longer just in terms of summer and now into the season. So we'll see what they choose to do. But Rashad Bateman, in terms of order of this list, not headlining, (laughs) in terms of order, is at the top. He's dealing with a hamstring, which we know he suffered or at least had some sort of hamstring setback in game on Sunday against the Colts. So far, he's been DNPs to start off this week. Not looking great for Sunday in Cleveland. Odell Beckham Jr. with that ankle has not practiced yet this week. Trending towards not playing. And Sarah, before we even continue on with the list, we should probably get to his cryptic Instagram posts because, hey, it, it's certainly left up for interpretation in terms of what his status is. I, After seeing this, I get the sense that if paint, if patience is required, that probably doesn't mean we're going to see him on Sunday. Here it is on the left-hand side for our YouTube folks. The caption, as he's doing rehab, just be patient everything going to fall into place. Another slide said, risk is always better than regret. And another slide said, life always gets crazy before blessings come lock in. Motivational phrases that make you believe that perhaps there's, there's some time here to heal that ankle and maybe they want to be cautionary more so than anything else.
1: Yeah. I was reading, um, some of the internet doctors we've referred to some of them online here. And, um, Mills Rx was, was saying that this is a similar injury to Linderbaum who was out for two weeks and now Linderbaum's now returned to practice. So I I agree with you when he's posting on Thursday before the game about patience, and he's not practicing yet. I mean, there's still a chance, but my feeling now is, you know, earlier in the week I had, I was, I really left the door open to me. I'm like, I've got it almost all the way closed. Maybe a little, you know, crack open in the door. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but man, this dude is in shape. Look at the, he is all muscle, like Zay, like he's just all muscle, uh, standing up there working out. So uh, it would be it would be great if if uh, if we saw him next Wednesday, you know, returning to practice. Because at this point, I feel like yeah, it's doubtful at this point.
0: Yeah, and I've seen some comments about gosh, you know, you paid him all that money, fifteen million guaranteed, and now he's missing two of the first what two of the first four games, and I think in a sense that conversation can be had later on in the year. I don't think anybody really expected him to have to play a full. I know I wasn't confident about him playing a full, you know, 17 game season coming off missing an entire year in the aftermath of that ACL. But I think I would just say, let's remember the influence that his signing had on one Lamar Jackson. That's what I would turn to. And when he, when he, if he's going to get criticized for that, I, I would have a little bit more grace because of how, how much his impact in coming to Baltimore meant on Lamar's extension and, and where he saw this team going. And then again, just just to go back to, I just didn't have any confidence whatsoever, Sarah, coming off the the, the missed time and the time away from the NFL that he would even be healthy for a full 17-game season. To me, it's a win if he's available come January. That's a huge win.
1: Yeah, no, it's one of the reasons why I chose Zay when we did our preseason predictions that I, th- I thought Zay would be the the leading, you know, receiver, just because I, I, you know, I wasn't sure he'd make it. A- and as I have, I feel like I've been saying for quite some times. Uh, he was brought in for two reasons. One, you just said helping, you know, seal the deal with Lamar. And the second was for big moments down the stretch, December, January. It now, it would have been nice to have him there with the Colts because then potentially you're throwing the ball to him and he catches it instead of like an Isaiah Likely who's still, you know, proving himself and, you know, who kind of drops forever. I think he would have made a difference in a game like that. So um, it's, it's not good that he wasn't out there. But to me, it has always been, can we get him down the stretch, December, January, help put the Ravens over the hump? At that time, because it's been more... The Ravens can get to the playoffs. Can the Ravens go deep into the playoffs? That, to me, is what OBJ is signing for. Now, that's not to say, though, I would still like to see him out there. And hopefully, this this is just a two-week deal and he's able to get back in. We do not want to have several of these two-week deals all the way through.
0: Just to make sure we round out the rest of the injury report, Kyle Hamilton, like you said is limited on Thursday with that back after not practicing on Wednesday. We'll see what he ends up doing on Friday into the weekend. Justice Hill, limited. Marlon Humphrey has not practiced all week long, not trending towards playing on Sunday, barring something unforeseen. Tyler Linderbaum's been limited back-to-back days. David Ajabo and Adafe Owe running mates at the outside linebacker position, which is what we were suggesting a minute ago in terms of why Kyle Van Noy it could very well play a lot. Both have been DNP's so far through, through this week. Adafé is dealing with that ankle. Remember a couple weeks ago in Cincinnati, who was seen leaving the stadium with that boot on. And Ronnie Stanley, I'm sorry, and, um, and and David Ajabo is dealing with an ankle slash knee. That's what the designation here here is on the injury report. He's been DNP so far. What he only logged three or four snaps or so against the Colts. Ronnie Stanley limited back to back days, and then Marcus Williams, a nice little upgrade, like you said to a full participant for Thursday's practice. Anything about the, the, the second half of this list that's surprising to you that you want to comment on before we move forward?
1: No, I just think that Landerbaum and Stanley's going to play.
0: That would be massive. And it, I think and, Hill and, and they are going to play. Okay. Because that's that's really going to impact my prediction. We're going to get to that at the end of the episode. You know, what? if Ronnie and, and Tyler play... That to me changes my entire prediction. If they don't play, I was I'm probably going with the Browns. So it's gonna it's gonna be a guessing game. Obviously, we're not gonna know um, mm. in 20 minutes. But um, but anyway, so we'll get to that when we get to that.
1: Uh, one other thing, since we're talking about wide receivers, and I, I don't think Bateman's gonna play. Uh, be- uh, Beckham looks doubtful at this point. So then, look who is showing up again on Twitter. It's Deshaun Jackson, former brief, former Ravens wide receiver. <laughs> and he tweets, get Lamar Jackson, De- Devontae Adams, ASAP, and then tags the Ravens. Um, I, I, when I see this kind of stuff, look, do, would it be awesome to have Devontae Adams? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. Do I like it? Just feels like, the, like, no matter what happens, this like, screaming into the ethernet for a wide receiver just is never going to end. Like, um, and I don't even know, you know, how available Adams is. Maybe, maybe you know, but uh, I, it just is like it you got Zay, you got Aguilar, you got Bateman back, you got Duvernay back. Um, OBJ obviously is hurt, but it's not long-term. Um, it just is like, can I, can we scream out, go get like Miles Garrett? Can we scream out, like, go get TJ Watt? Like, it just is like, I don't, I don't like that. It just puts like unrealistic expectations on Eric DaCosta or really any GM that's out there. Uh, unless you know something that I don't, that he's he's definitely available and affordable as if, you know, the Ravens haven't already put a bunch of void years on uh, to get the receivers that they do have.
0: Now, all I know is that when they lost in disappointing fashion to the Steelers the other night, th- did the Raiders, Devontae Adams put something on his social media or said something that was like, I'm paraphrasing, like I don't got time to wait around or something along those lines. So like, it's cryptic. It's led to speculation. There's a lot of drama right now in Vegas with not only their head coach, but just I think Jimmy G is in concussion protocol as we speak. Like it's just been one thing after the other there. Chandler Jones, their their star pass rusher, he's no longer with the team and having like significant mental breakdowns on social media. Like I've actually been following this relatively closely. It's, it's pretty scary situation with Chandler, you hope that he's getting the help that he needs in all seriousness, but, but yeah, in terms of Devante, I, I have no reason to believe that he would be available. And like you said, the Ravens have already done their business this offseason. And right now, unfortunately they're just not fully healthy in that position room. And hopefully they are in a month from now.
1: All right, let's move on to, uh, I'll let you take this next one with the Browns reporter.
0: Okay. Going back and forth on this a little bit, but I just feel like we've talked about it before you see it time and time again, the non-traditional media space has given athletes, people like us, people all over in sports, outside of sports, politics, you name it, uh, platforms to, to build. Right. And you're seeing more and more athletes discover that voice. And I think one of the reasons that they're discovering that is based on some of the frustrations in dealing with media. And mm-hmm. I know it's a general, it's a generalization in a sense, but you hear that from a lot of athletes. And I think what I'm about to talk about here is an example of why. You have a Cleveland reporter who tweeted out video, and it was uh, actually from WJZ's account here in Baltimore. So it was quote tweeted, essentially, ripped from not ripped. But what, what do you even call that?
1: Uh, what is that? When you like hold a video and it says, share this video. I don't know. It's not a quote tweet, but it's like tweet. It's like part of the functionality. It's what it's what everybody does. Yeah. You, t- you, you, you t- take, you take a video and the functionality is there and you just tweet it out your yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. It's essentially sharing someone else's video. They get yep. the analytical credit on their side. Right. In, that comes in. I don't know engagement I they and do. views and things. All that. I think both yeah. of you do actually. That's one of Elon's new feature. Anyway, I'm not like a wizard when it comes to this stuff. Twitter's constantly changing. But to your point, you're sharing someone else's video. They're getting attribution underneath attached mm-hmm. to the video. It's yeah so, exactly. So WJZ put together a clip a
1: compilation.
0: Of, yep, a compilation of Roquan Smith's press conference from earlier this week, and what this guy did. Brad Stainbrook from Cleveland media. And I have the screenshot right here at Stainbrook NFL. He takes one quote that was just in my estimation, completely taken out of context. Did Roquan say what this quote is on the screen right now? Quote, we going over there to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids referring to Cleveland, referring to the Browns. Yes, he said that. But if you listen to the actual clip with context, and you have Garrett Downing's question attached to it. This is not what he meant. He's not taking shots at the Browns and saying we're going over there. Like I think the best way to do it is actually just sharing the clip, and we can talk about it on the other side. We're going back to the, the villain role, you know, on the road. It
3: seems like that's something that you do well. Charles Sullivan here. You always talk about like being the bad guy in those stadiums. Is that a
2: villain role something that that you kind of embrace when you go in these road atmospheres? Uh, I definitely, uh, you know, think about that. But at the end of the day, you're considered the bad guy because you're going into essentially another man's house and you're trying to take over. Like his wife, kids, everyone there to watch them. So you're know, you going over to beat their tails in front of their wife and kids. So when you think about it from that perspective, like any man's gonna, you know, fight. To the death, in that point, I know if that's me in that case, I know I would. So uh, I think about it from that standpoint, and I'm just going in, you know, just like I prepare for any other game. Play to the whistle, play physical, and hit anything that move.
0: So first of all, more gold box office stuff from Roquan, <laughs> shocker, right? But and we've yeah. already we obviously discussed this earlier in the week. But to me, he's coming from the sense that he's almost sharing their perspective as the enemy. Both of these teams, it's an in division game a lot on the line early in the season. And I just thought this was kind of Bush League stuff from Brad to cause a ruckus. He's got a big following on Twitter. Uh, A lot of his followers came at me for the way that I interpreted this. It certainly is up for interpretation in terms of what he meant. I don't want to put any words in Brad's mouth, but I thought this was lazy. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets... Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change... Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better, but
3: when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data
1: Yeah, so I don't think you're alone. I saw a lot of um, kind of Ravens radio content creators and all that share a similar sentiment to you, very similar, just kind of like in the uh, kind of like like you said, Bush League kind of arena. So you are not alone whatsoever. I I think I might be a little bit more alone. I didn't think it was that big of a deal only because – I mean, we we played all the clips on our show. We did play them with either we either played them with the questions or we explained the questions before we went. And we were gushing over the stuff he said, yeah. right? We like we're like, oh man, you know, beat their tails in front of like wife and kids, and we're like laughing. You know what I mean? It's like, and so I agree with you. I don't think he was like necessarily taking a shot at at the Browns, but he does have this bravado that we all love, and so it's like. No, he played, he he took, I don't know. Were you just as upset with WJZ? Because he almost put the exact same uh kind of quote that WJZ did the same thing. Like they they pulled out that one quote, but then had like a kind of different couple lines after that. But WJZ just took that quote too, and then it was the whole compilation. So the compilation, it is a little bit more, it does feel a little bit more fierce without the questions in between because you hear like the that it's kind of like the media. Asking the question rather than him just out of nowhere saying this kind of stuff But I, I just didn't think it was egregious, but i'm i'm in the minority based off of what I saw on twitter And everybody else was was more with you But I was like, I don't know. He put up all the whole videos there You can watch the whole video. He obviously pulled out the mo- the most like buzzworthy, which is what we all do with headlines uh, You try to do that without being dishonest for sure um but I, I just didn't think it was as egregious, but I'm in the minority. So maybe there's going to be fans commenting here that, that, you know, you know, that they were trying to portray, you know, Roquan worse than he, and then he came And I do, I do think that they don't have the context in there. I agree with that. I just didn't think it was that egregious.
0: One thing I should probably mention, and I'm actually just seeing it now for the first time, because again, to go back to the Twitter feature, when you share a video that's mm-hmm. not yours, you can't see the initial caption, right? So WJZ, to your point a minute ago, was the, initially posted this compilation of Roquan. Mm -hmm. And they have the exact same quote. Yeah. Which I'm just now
1: realizing. To me, the more, the thing is, that's more silly and lazy is that he just copied them. It's like, if you're going to put the exact same, like to me, if you're going to share somebody's video, which we all do, do you have your own you just do your own caption if you're gonna do basically the same caption just retweet it you know wow 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 wow. yeah so i was surprised because a lot of people maybe they didn't see it like you didn't see it like there were a lot of people friends of the show that like called out brad and i was like then you also have to call out wjz because they did the same thing
0: oh my goodness gracious so i i yeah i I need to do that right now. <laughs> I need <laughs> to do that right now because that is just as bad. And you're right, it's almost like, well wait, Brad, so you just copied that instead of retweeting the WJZ one. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Twitter is Twitter can be such a um such an interesting place, but but yes. That's on WJZ and Brad just decided to copycat. So, yeah. uh, you know what?
1: <sighs> on a scale from 1 to 10, how egregious do you think that is? Whether it's WJZ or Brad, that you just pulled the the most interesting quote, and then you had the whole video, but you got to watch the whole video.
0: I I think it's just, it's a little lazy, and it's a little misleading. And it's a little, wow, I'm just so shocked that WJZ did that. Like, that's a local media outlet that has reporters that certainly weren't involved in that. Mark Viviano had no absolute zero. Right, like, this, this is a, like a or right this yeah. is a social production team that that puts this yeah. together but but that's an account that is inside this locker room on a weekly basis I'm shocked absolutely shocked and I I'm actually shocked that it's still up
1: <laughs> but that's the thing is like I just don't think it's that egregious it's a little lazy I think that's I think that's the right word it's a little lazy but just watch the whole video. It's right there.
0: What I mean by it, oh yeah, sure. Watch the whole video. But I, I'm saying that the way it's portraying Roquan to, to me is is not the way that it it was uh, that Roquan ended up answering Garrett's question. Right? Like the way that those so words how do you can think be misinterpreted.
1: That, how do you think that Roquan was portrayed?
0: I think when you take out words you leave it up for interpretation in terms of how was that said? What was the tone of it? I know I get, I gather you can just bring up the video, but let's face it. Not everybody's going to bring up the video. They're going to see the well, quote. That's
1: that's on them. Then the well, video's right there,
0: but that's social media <laughs> and attention spans these days, right?
1: Well, yeah, oh. but, but I don't know as a long tweeter.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not everybody's as I, thorough as you partner.
1: All right. We can move on. Uh, but before I, we listen, do, listen, I basically agree with you. I just don't think it was that big of a deal
0: before we do let everybody, yeah. we yeah. all want it. We want to hear from you. Cause this is a, a hot topic right now in the midst of everything going on in Baltimore, the Orioles just clinched and yet this is a huge hot topic. So let us know in the comments section where you're at with this, where, you know, what side of the aisle and blah, blah, blah. So all good.
1: All right. So game predictions, we said we usually put them okay. in our previews, uh, but we wanted to wait. Cause we had no clue at the time we were doing the preview. if, Stanley would be back, if Linderbaum would be back, if Gus would be back, if Justice Hill would be back, if, if Marcus Williams would be back. Uh, so now we have a pretty clear idea. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Because last sure. time you made fun of me for how long I took.
0: Got you. All you. start <laughs> okay,
1: I've got it. But here's what's funny is I'm not going to take long this time because I've already made my decision. It. I, I, it may be a little emotional, but I'm fired up. I'm ticked off. They're going to be coming after Lamar. I'm I'm ticked. I don't think the Ravens want to lose two in a row. I think they got their running game. I really think the running game, they're gonna miss Odell and Rashad, but I think the running game is going to be key in this. I think they have enough with Zay and oh, oh, we totally forgot to play this. All right, we don't have enough time. But Munken, by the way, said, because they asked about the wide receivers being down. He was like, oh, we got Zay, we got Aguilar. And then he said, Oh, and Mark Andrews, um, And the first time, I think he said like five weeks, he goes, Mark Andrews is looking like a hundred percent to me. He goes, Mark Andrews is ready to go. So that's kind of a big deal too. So anyway, I think that the Ravens have enough. The question to me is, okay, yes, the the Browns defense is good. So is the Ravens. Statistically speaking through three games, the Browns defense is better. So which offense is going to break through more? Okay. I have more faith in the Ravens' offense breaking through than the Browns' offense. I think that um, I think that Deshaun Watson is not 100. I think his shoulder is 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 bothering him. He did not practice on Wednesday. Did some light throwing on Thursday, according to reports out of Cleveland. I don't want. They don't have Nick Chubb, so I'm going with the Ravens, 20 to 17.
0: 20 to 17. ESPN has the spread. Uh, let's see the line. Favoring Cleveland three, and the over/under is set at forty. So you're right around, right around what Vegas is predicting. So, like I said a, a little while ago, I am really basing my decision off of the statuses of Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum because of how stout this defensive front is, how game wrecking they've been so far this year and in years past, and how much they've been clicking on all cylinders and how well they've played Lamar in the past, just in terms of containment and what Jim Schwartz was talking about physicality-wise. I'm going to go the optimistic route and assume that those limiteds are trending towards playing like you suggested earlier on in the episode. To me, that gives them more stability and overall camaraderie on the line than they've had in the last couple weeks, which leads to just a more high-functioning offensive operation for Lamar and company yes there's no Odell yes there's no Rashad but the backfield is again there's a reason why I have the injury report up right now because the backfield is going to look rejuvenated assuming that Gus and Justice are back so I am going to go with a Ravens win you have 20 to 17 I'm going to go 24 20 Baltimore
1: yeah. Everything you just said is exactly why I did the same thing. That's why I wanted to wait. I wanted to see if these guys would be back. And I, th- I think that they're going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be a different story if, if they're not. <laughs> so, um, real quick, quick hits and we'll close this out. What do we got here? we got, okay. The threads for, uh, this weekend, the Ravens are going to be going with their white jerseys and black pants over to Cleveland. Um, oh, I wanted to hit this really quick. People have been, the next gen stats always put out kind of the route chart for wide receivers, but it's really only the routes where they're targeted. And so there's been a few national media kind of like taking a jab at, I don't know if it's Monk, yeah, probably Monkin, because you look at this chart and it looks like Zay Flowers is not doing anything vertical. And that's true on his targeted throws, but this doesn't chart other routes that he's doing where, like, either, who knows, Lamar's getting pressured, he can't wait, or, uh, you know, he scrambles, or or Zay's not the first read, or whatever. But I just feel like this is a little bit misleading, and I wanted to give a shout-out to Spencer Schultz, our guy, friend of the show— who pointed that out on Twitter today because that that graphic's been going around as if the Ravens aren't trying to use him vertically again. He had that deep pass against Cincinnati. He, uh, it didn't fall his way against the Colts, but there were routes for him to go deep. I think this one you pulled.
0: Yeah, let's finish with this, just because, again, this is, just shows you what Jim Schwartz and Cleveland's defense is doing. So we'll finish here. EPA uh, versus play allowed with no blitz. Um, Browns lead this list. 0.35. So they're just containing opposing offenses extremely disciplined and the statistics certainly back that up according to PFF. So we'll finish there. Busy one, long one, one of our longer ones for sure, but we had That's What happens lo-
1: when we disagree? A lot <laughs> of different conversations.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully folks enjoy the the back and forth a little bit and congratulations to the 2023 Baltimore Orioles. They wrapped up the division title Sarah for the first time. Since 2014, they are American League East champions, which is a huge, another step in this ongoing post-rebuild era that they're in, and it officially confirms that there will be October baseball back in Baltimore for the first time in a long time starting next weekend. So lots of busy and exciting times in Baltimore for sure. We always want to make sure to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we do here inside the vault this month through Patreon. So Jeff Comer, and Mike Batting. Appreciate both you guys for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. One extra special shout out as well, who you heard up at the top of the show. It's our new friends at S&R Laundry Services. You can visit what they do at cleanmylaundry.com. They're one of the small business Patreon title sponsors that just signed up with us with a lot of small business owners in the Baltimore area are doing now that we're In the middle of football season so with that we will next be with you together in post-game live stream action form after the browns ravens games on sunday i will be doing a pre-game live stream across all platforms at uh, noon all right so one o'clock kickoff yep so noon on sunday and i'm sure there's going to be plenty of other content coming up in the coming days as well on bobby baltimore so for my co-host and partner Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday Morning Vault edition. We will talk to you on Sunday.